Hello, fam. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Blue Mania. This is a boutique beverage company that focuses heavily on flavors and the overall taste quality of our drinks. Due to innovative masking technologies, they have eliminated that nasty, bitter aftertaste. Blue Mania combines over a decade of industry experience utilizing diligent research and market input to ensure our energy drink not only tastes great, but also produces optimal performance consumers demand. Blue Mania contains an energy vitamin pack that includes everything you need without the experience of the jitters and that annoying crash. Be sure to check out Blue Mania at BlueMania.com. That's B-L-U-M-A-N-I-A Energy.com. And be sure to follow them at Blue Mania Energy. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Sin Vodka. Sin Vodka is a vet-owned company. At Sin, they always stay away from the ordinary and always strive for something new and exceptional. Their award-winning Sin Ultra Premium Vodka is formulated and distilled by master distillers, who use the finest ingredients from around the world to create a vodka like no other. Keep a lookout for this premium Sin Vodka in stores and bars in Texas and Louisiana. I promise you, you won't regret it. Be sure to check them out at SinUltraVodka.com. Drink responsibly. Our podcast is also brought to you by Texas L Project. The Texas L Project is the first brewery and taproom to be built from the ground up in the city of Dallas, Texas since the late 1800s. They are a family and veteran-owned brewery that has the passion and dedication to serve the finest brews to you. Great beer doesn't just happen. They believe in a multi-step mash brewing process. The Texas Ale Project uses only the finest ingredients along with a few other tricks to enable them to deliver a well-balanced American-style ale and lager. Check them out at TexasAleProject.com. That's TexasAleProject.com. And be sure to follow them on Instagram at TexasAleProject. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Hustle. We know the struggle to stay motivated. The creativity and thrive starts dying out. We can't let that happen. Yeah. Listen to exclusive interviews with people just like you and how they overcame the exact same obstacles. Learn, execute, repeat. Because no matter what, yeah. we grow together. This is The Hustle. Yeah, perfect. We're uh, actually already recording, so. Oh, awesome, cool. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the, the, last, the last guest that we had... Um, I was like, yeah, yeah, Alex, yeah, talking to the mic because like he, he was very soft spoken, so it was hard to hear. Right, right. And uh, but <laughs> podcast came out good because, like I said, we have a really good sound engineer that took care of that. So mm-hmm. um, I would have botched it if I was trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. who were yeah. some of the good ones that you've had recently? Huh? Who were some of the good ones that you've had? Man, recently? all of them. I, I honestly, and I'm not saying this to blow smoke up anyone's ass or, or make anybody feel good, but I really feel like all my guests have been just excellent in their own way mm. um, because they've all had, I feel like a kid because I don't touch the floor. Me uh, <laughs> <laughs> turn 37. Yeah. <laughs> Your legs are alive. Um, no, they, they all had, you know, so the whole point of the podcast was to um, inspire and, and also, but allow people like yourself um get their brand out there to maybe certain people that maybe it's not heard of. So just brand awareness, sure. which is always key. Yep. But all my guests have had some sort of crazy struggle that, uh, and people that can relate to in some shape or form, um, whether yeah. it's, you know, crazy poverty, didn't know their parents, or maybe it was financial issues because they were making so much money. They didn't know how to manage it. Maybe it was divorce. Maybe it was death. Um, yeah bad breakup, you know, lost everything, almost died, you know, what, you know, yeah. all over the world with the, yeah. the, the, 
the things that have happened. And uh, but at the end of the day, everybody can relate to this, but yep. they all bounce back into into success because they just they didn't give up. Yes. Yeah. So that's the message that we really try to put out there to our to our guests and, and our listeners and everything because mm. at the end of the day, you know, nice little hashtag plug, but at the end of the day, you know, we all grow together. Um, which is our our campaign and our hashtag as we grow together. Yeah, so it's good. But well, I'm, uh, I'm, I can definitely check a couple of those boxes. Yeah, <laughs> death, well, when yes, I, divorce, well, when yes. I, I mean, we can we can jump into this. But when I first met you at the Cowboys Club, that was one of the first things you told me, and I was just like, oh, about your your daughter. Yeah, and uh, and that's I mean that's unfortunate. But I mean, do you yeah. want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, like I've, what? I mean, obviously that's that's a life changing event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. How old was she? And was it a car accident? Yeah, it was a car accident. Um, yep, at the time, uh, 2002. Well, let me back up. So 2006, or is it seven? Well, it was my first marriage. Um, we all been there, man. You know, 2007, I got married. 2008, had my first. I was 21 when I got married. I, I was a week into 22, and I had my firstborn child. Uh, my daughter, her name is Aslan. Um, which is a Celtic name. It means dream or vision. And mm-hmm. I'll come back to that later because her death actually um, gave me a, a vision um, and, a, and a dream. But um, so 2008, she was born. 2010, I quit my job in sales. I was selling cars at the time. Uh, I was selling Volkswagen in a German community. So it wasn't that difficult. Um, but then 2010, I quit everything and um, I knew I was going to get into it, um, start my own nonprofit and just start serving and helping people. Um, Latin America. I had a heartbeat for Latin America. Mm-hmm. And so 2000 and, uh, 2010, I decided to leave everything. And uh, my wife at the time and, and our daughter, we were going to move to the Dominican Republic and we were going to help out the people there and, and serve people in Cuba yeah. um, and just work with church leaders and, and the just whole to raise ministry up. thing. Yeah, exactly. The whole ministry thing. Exactly. So yeah, 2012... I mean, 2010 to 2013, we essentially, we essentially lived out of our suitcases. Yeah. Like we traveled. I've circled the country three times in my car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been to 45 different states. Um, Northeast, I'm coming for you. Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous states, by the way. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's gorgeous. I, yeah. That in Alaska, I'm, I'm coming for them. But yeah. Um, but yeah, 2000. So it was a lot of travel and. You know, it, I guess it was inevitable when you're driving that many miles every year and just circling and, and constantly in the car exponentially, your risk of being in an accident is exponentially higher, obviously. Yeah. But I, I didn't foresee this, this happening, but there was the morning of February, February 20th, 2012. And, uh, we were in North Carolina at the time. Uh, we were headed to Ohio to, uh, speak at a conference and the night before, we had heard on the news there was going to be some snowfall. Mm-hmm. And so we got up really early the next morning, uh, you know, about 4.35 a.m. And there was snow coming down. But I'm from Canada, so it's like, you know, yeah. snow's no big deal. I know how to drive in it. Um, so, yeah, we were just driving north and um, approached a bridge um, heading towards uh, 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 North Carolina. And when the van went over a bridge, it was black ice. Yeah. And the back tires just lost traction, started spinning around. And um, my kids were asleep at the time. And and my wife at the time, she was asleep too. And everybody just kind of woke up. Um, although I don't think the kids woke up, um, which was good. But we crashed into an interstate pole. Mm-hmm. And that pole was right on my daughter's door. Oh, wow. And the impact was just, uh, it was fatal. 
So I, I jumped out of the van and airbag punched me in the face and there was glass everywhere. And when I was driving long distances, I would take my shoes off just to be comfortable. Yeah, oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, they're clean. I didn't stick up the van too much, but, uh, <laughs> but the glass was broken. I couldn't, you know, open the door. That whole side of the van was wrecked on the passenger side. And so I jumped out barefooted, crunching on glass, ran around and saw my daughter there just, you know, slumped over lifeless in her car mm. seat. And so it, it was it, so many things, man, like life just, you're not prepared for moments like that. Like, Gosh, no. You know, and I like, do I pick her up? Do I not pick her up? Do I touch her? Do I not? If I don't, these are my last moments with her. I don't want to cause any more damage. And I just remember I was shouting out to God. Now I'm a man of faith, but I also believe and have learned from my journey. God wants us to be brutally honest with him. Right. And, you know, like he could take the hard stuff. And so I was, I was very angry and I was shouting out and begging God, like, don't take my daughter. Right. I was like, oh my God, like, don't take my daughter. Um, but so I scooped her up and um, my wife had, you know, Lana had turned around and she was looking her in the face and, um, you know, was essentially wanting there to, to be, you know, signs of life. Right. But, but I had scooped her up and, and she, she heaved, like she took one more breath and I thought, oh, there's life left in her. But doctors say that that was the last breath. You take right. one big final one before all the air comes out. So she, yeah, she passed away in, in, in my arms as I held her. And, uh, but that's, you know, I guess the sad part of the story, but there's a lot of good that, that, that God did because of that, mm-hmm. um, miracles that happened. Yeah. Um, and I could get into a lot of that, but high level, what, what, what transpired was that event, like it just lit a fire underneath me to do more mm-hmm. and to help more people. And part of my motivation was to make her life count. Right. Like, how do I justify a three-year-old's existence? Yeah. It barely had any life, you know, on this planet. So you're asking yourself, like any parent would, like, what was that? Yeah. Like, what was the point? What was the point? What was the point? You know, like, she's the one who makes me a dad. And then three years later, after I leave everything and I put all my chip, all my, my cards on the table, like I put all my chips in, like I'm all in and God allows her to die. Yeah. Like, you know, what, what the heck is that all about? But like you said, you know, introducing this podcast and every entrepreneur, I think has this part of, you know, the story. Uh, It's an unrelenting and an indomitable spirit to never give up. Yeah. I'm never going to give up. I'm never going to quit. I'm going to stay in this fight long enough to figure it out and to, to understand why this happened. Right. Um, And, and, and I did. So subsequently uh, I ended up uh, publishing a children's book. Okay. I wrote a children's book and I, I threw it up on Kickstarter, got the thing fully illustrated. And my inspiration for that was my, my other daughter at the time, she was 18 months, Maddie, she's now 11. Uh, Maddie was unscathed. You know, she was in the van, but she didn't even have a scratch. Right. But she was asking questions like, you know, at a, in an 18 months old mind, like she knew something was wrong. Yeah. You know, there's a feeling there. There's a feeling. Where's my big sis? Yeah. You know? And so I wrote the story as a way to communicate to a younger, to a younger child, like, hey, right. this is where your sister is. Right. So it's the reality of death. It's the reality of heaven. Um, at a child's level. So the book did well. We printed a couple thousand copies and I mean, cool. Some very cool things happened with the book and families read it to their kids and, you know, God did some cool things through that. But, Mm -hmm. but the biggest, the biggest joy, uh, of my life that happened from that was being able to go to India and start a children's home. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, fast tracking through that, met a couple couple guys that became my best friends at that period of my life. So, not to not to cut you off, but like cut me off. Did you just start this right away? Did you have a, a mourning period? Obviously, I mean, was there tension in the? I mean, not, and we don't have to go into this, but was there like tension in the marriage? I mean, that's a, yeah, bro, that's a hell of a, uh, you know, milestone. I won't even say milestone because you're just positive. That's a, yeah. a situation that's just soul crushing. Yeah, it's it's a defining moment. Yeah, right. Those are defining moments. Um, the statistic, and and I knew this at the time, as you know, I was doing research and we were trying to figure out, you know, how do we heal from this and stuff. But the statistic is, I think it was eighty seven percent of marriages where a child dies end up in divorce. Yeah, they fail. Yeah, they they fail. They fail. And so there's a couple things that that I could unpack. Number one, we always we tend to we tend to think that we're the exceptions to the rule, right? Yeah. We normally think that we are. It's never going to happen to me. Yeah. Until it does. <laughs> yeah, we are. Right. And so number two, the the best thing that we can do is to be ready for those, for those events to happen. And these are uncomfortable conversations that we have to have. Right. And I would encourage listeners on here that, you know, if, if you're married and maybe you've never thought about it before, you've had that conversation, go to your, go to your spouse and say, Hey, listen, what would we do if this happened? Yeah. How would we respond? And even more importantly, how do you deal with grief? Because that's why the marriages fail is because it's it's how each other mourns mm-hmm. and deals with grief grief and finds healing. So for us, yeah, we you know I'm telling things from my perspective. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, if you want to have my uh, ex wife on yeah. the podcast someday, yeah. you can. Two, two sides of the story. <laughs> that's what they say. They say you got you got the right side, the left side, then you got in the middle. But mm-hmm. no, but still, but yeah, everybody deals with it differently. Yeah, and that was it. So I found my healing through service. Yeah, I'm gonna do this project. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to rescue orphans. Like I'm going to go and I'm going to speak more. I'm going to write more. I'm going to be more public because a core value of mine is vulnerability. Right. I know if what I go through and I struggle, if I am open with it, it's not only going to provide healing for me, it's going to provide healing for other people. Yep. And they see what's, what's real in Matt's life. And if they see, they see Matt continuing to move forward and keep going and taking steps, falling down, but getting up, that's the inspiration that they need mm-hmm. to know that, you're not alone. You yeah. struggle too. You know, well, we all struggle. And, and that's, again, you know, going back to the, the main, even main reason of this podcast was people need to understand, like, other people go through those situations. And yep. even even as dark as, you know, losing a, a child at the age of three, um, unfortunately, you're not the only one. And, and yeah. people struggle with that. And then you're right. Instantly, when you when you have that dark moment, a lot of people, I would say majority people, think they're alone in it, and then they don't know how to deal with it, or they don't know how to yep. grieve or mourn the proper way. That's right. And, you know, people will turn into more negative effects, whether it's alcohol or drugs or, yep. you know, maybe not even, uh, or maybe it's more of a depression of, like, not even eating and losing the appetite and, and yep. shutting yourself off to the world, which is not, you know, not always the correct way to do. You know, you, right. you need people. So uh, you kudos do. to you for, you know, t- turning that into into a positive and being able to, you know, serve and show people, you know, yeah. a, a love that you once gave to your daughter. Now you're giving it to others. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, so a, a, another defining moment, uh, probably the next day was, um, I went the hospital that I was in and I was laying on the stretcher. Um, and they just told me that my daughter didn't make it and she was in the room next door and I came back and, um, I was just beside myself, you know, trying to make sense of all this, but, uh, a pastor came and he stood beside my bed and he said, Matt, you have an opportunity. 
He's like, you have to decide right now if everything that you've been talking about, uh, you know, and, and your faith and, um, and the things that you've been, you've been preaching and saying is real mm-hmm. or it's all going to, it was all a lie. Yeah. It's like, you're going to live it out or you're going to show people that you didn't actually believe what you said you believed. Yeah. And I took that as a personal challenge. Um, and, and so I determined at that moment that I was going to make, I was going to make the rest of my life count, not only for the one that I lost, but for the ones that are still here. Right. Um, and so that was, that was my challenge, but you know, the one thing, so in different seasons of my life, since that moment, I've had, I've had, you know, I feel like God's given me specific words and the word that I had on that season was this one. And it's super important. It's perspective. That was, that was my word. And my prayer was, you know, God, give me the right perspective to see this thing, not from my vantage point, but from your vantage point, mm-hmm. right? Because in moments like that, where it's tense and there's, you know, it's, it's clouded and it's foggy and we, we can't see the forest from the trees, yep. right? It's like, I need somebody's perspective that is much bigger than mine and more long-term because yep. short-term this sucks. And that's when we go down the route of alcohol, yep. drug abuse. Because you're not seeing the big picture. You're Exactly. You're not seeing the big picture. Yeah. And yeah, there, those events can, can, and I believe will, if you stick it out, contribute to some of your, your, your greatest highs mm-hmm. in all of life. Um, but you know, you got to stick it out and be willing to get there. So, um, yeah. So f- for me, uh, going to India was, it was unbelievable. There's 35 million orphans in India, mm-hmm. you know, and what seems very rare, you know, what seems uncommon to us is, you know, death is very common in other parts of the world. Oh yeah. You know, perspective, right? Like, in you know war-torn nations kids die all the time yeah you know parents you know i've got a dear dear friend he's like a brother me you know chanta um you know his mom escaped from the khmer rouge and they lost a couple kids on the way out Mm -hmm. you know so give me the give me the right perspective to understand like i'm not alone in this and there are lots of people if i'm going to compare myself to people i'm going to compare myself to people that have it worse than i do right not to those that have it better right and that's what social media does not to go down that rabbit trail but i want to you know, I, I want to be, I want to develop a spirit and a heart of gratitude. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and we, and we chatted about that in the, in the last podcast with uh, Alex was the, the whole persona and uh, fake vision that social media gives off with totally. when people compare to each other. And I've seen people uh, beating a dead horse, but you know, you see these, some of these people that use these filters and you see them in real life and it's, you, you don't recognize them. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. again, not to go off on a, a tangent on, on, on that rabbit hole, but same thing with the, the lifestyle of people. Um, you know, you have it really rough. Uh, maybe you lost your job, you know, you, you lost your child, you know, all this stuff. Um, yeah. and then you go on, in, on Instagram and you're trying to compare yourself to someone that's better than you. Yeah. And as chances are, that stuff's probably not even true. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. 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 And they're, they're probably more messed up than you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's all, a, it's all a facade. I mean, yeah, exactly. But so from moving on there, you went to, you went to India, mm-hmm. um, you know, did your service started a, a, a home. Um, what are you doing after you move? Obviously you're, you're not there anymore. So what, what, what are yeah. you doing after that project was completed? Yeah. So, um, yeah, launched the orphanage end of 2012. And, um, it was, it was amazing. The stories that would come out of, you know, some of those kids that would come into the home and, 
um, you know, some of them experience things again that we we ne- we couldn't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, parents killing each other in front of their kids, and or just not having water know, to drink. Not even yeah, yeah, or being prostituted by their aunt into hotels at the age of eight. Yeah, which is a real story. And for thinking some of the kids. And, and, and thinking that's normal. Right. That's the really scary yes, part. Exactly. So I went all in and just loved those kids. Um, so yeah, 20, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, uh, we were still in the Dominican Republic at the time. And, you know, I was traveling extensively, like between all these different countries and India and stuff and supporting them. Um, 2015, moved, moved here to Texas to continue to grow mm-hmm. the nonprofit. Um, you know, the wheels fell off and my wife left. Uh, in 2016. And that then sent me on my, another journey of uh, an identity crisis, to be honest, you know, as men, we sink ourselves and identity, we, our identity is wrapped up a lot of times in our work. And divorce is so hard. Yeah. It is so hard. Yep. Um, A a lot of people, they're like, well, I'm separated. I'm going to get a divorce. And I'm like, separation and being divorced are two totally different things. Yes, they are. Mentally, when you get ready to sign on that dotted line, it's like a wall there. That's like yep. things running through your head. Either okay, I don't, I don't want people thinking I'm, you know. It's like you have divorced on tattooed on the top of your head when you walk around. Yes, so it's it's true. Yeah, it's and, and people that haven't been through a divorce don't understand that, but it's it's a difficult time. Yeah, and it is a defining time because it's it's okay. What am I going to do now? Right, you're, you're basically remotely. You're starting over. Yes, you are. So that's right. Um, for those of you that are in that right now, and I just looked it up on my phone, I want to make sure I had the right, um, the right source, but go to marriage helper. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look them up on Instagram, marriage helper, Kimberly runs marriage helper, just met her last week at a conference and they can help you navigate those un- uncharted territories and make sure that you make the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, because in many ways it is, you know, uh, it is final, right? Oh yeah. So it'll, it'll change you, but. Uh, but again, no different than any other hard circumstance you go through in life. Yep. You got one or two choices, like sink or swim, sink or swim, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the best motivation you can ever have. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you throw a baby here, you can figure out how to swim or yeah. Know, well, I mean, with a lifeguard, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, as entrepreneurs, shit, you don't, you don't have a lifeguard. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Like, am I going to be able to pay the bills or not? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. As my one friend Dan used to say, he's like, Matt, the Calvary's not coming. No. Like you need to get that in your head. It, ain't coming it's you yeah (laughs) yeah you better you better go figure it out yeah yeah, quick exactly yeah so yep so yeah 20 yeah 16 17 18 were you know the years where i lost everything that i had built Mm -hmm. you know because i was divorced and upon you know certain people in different church groups they look at that as as that's a deal breaker yep unfortunately i don't believe i I hate that to be honest certain some some religions uh, or um not re- not religions, but uh, denominations. Denominations they'll they'll like blacklist you over mm-hmm. being divorced, mm-hmm. and uh, so I know exactly what you mean on that. That's right. That is not grace. No, and I don't believe that's the real. And that God. is total judgment. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's not my job. No, I'm not the judge. But but yeah, so I you know wandered for a little bit, and then um, you know. Uh, and it was interesting going through the words. I'll follow with this theme throughout the podcast because it seems like this is something I should share. But perspective was the first word. The next one was reset. Um, unknowingly that mm-hmm. was just the impression i got summer 2015 and 2016 is when the literal reset happened yeah. and the church i was going to at the time that was their theme for the conference <laughs> that year and i was like okay let's do a reset and god's like yeah i'm not ready for this but it's gonna be a reset so yeah i had to start from ground zero and uh six you know now a single parent 16 17 mm-hmm. raising my kids alone they were five and two you know lucy was in diapers little one and um 
just, you know, had to, had to do whatever I needed to survive. 20, um, 2019, uh, 2018, I actually, I remarried and, um, that was, that was short. That was three years. I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. And, um, just was not in, in the right place I yeah. needed to be to make that decision, which I would also say, don't make life altering decisions when you are healing emotionally No, and you're going through heavy transition. Uh, but nonetheless fell into marketing 2019, got into it and, um, you know, to kind of shift into the business side of things, but, uh, figured out marketing, f- figured out growth hacking. Brad Parnell became one of my best friends. Such a fun industry too. Dude. I love it. Yeah. I yeah. Love, you're, there's never a dull day in marketing cause you're always doing something different. Yeah, exactly. We get to learn from all these different businesses and yeah. talk about $20,000 tables. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. When you're ready for a conference table, I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Will knows a guy. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> no, um, so what, when you got into marketing, what was the first thing that you started doing? Because obviously marketing, that's a vague or, you know, a very broad term. Yeah. So what, what was it that you started in, in, in the marketing industry? Yep. Yep. So yeah, growing up as a kid, I remember the first thing you, you read this in my LinkedIn bio, but when I was a kid, I remember the first like moment, like my first marketing moment when I was a kid, my dad, uh, to this day works for like a lot of natural foods brands and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it was all natural foods, organic foods. And so as a kid, I remember clip art, you remember when clip art oh, was yeah. a thing, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> still up there on Microsoft somewhere where you can still like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now they call them NFTs, but back yeah. in our day, it was just clip art. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's right. <laughs> yeah. You can buy my clip art, by the way, if you want it's 50,000 per from, from, from the nineties. <laughs> exactly. From the nineties. Yeah. It's, it's original mint, <laughs> but, uh, designed a cereal box when I was a kid and like, this is cool. You know, yeah, you can yeah. come up with a brand and stuff like that. So, um, always love marketing, but yeah, 2019. So I kind of fell into this, this like subset of digital marketing called growth hacking, mm-hmm. um, which is essentially, it's a combination of automation and data and creativity. Um, so there's a, there's a well-defined phase that I take brands through, and this has been honed in after, you know, the past like three plus years of, of doing this style of marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so summer 2019, I, I, I discovered late, I I went into LinkedIn. Like i I just, whatever reason, I just, man, please preach because I, I try to tell people LinkedIn is so underutilized in business. Dude, and I, I use LinkedIn more than I do anything. Yes. And I've gotten majority business from LinkedIn. It's a powerful tool. Same. The analytics are amazing on there. So you can see who's doing what. Yes. And, uh, I, and it's, it's not, it's not clouded with a bunch of like senseless stuff that does not benefit you. Exactly. That does not help your bottom line. Exactly. And help I'm, your not, I'm not grow. scrolling through there watching somebody see how many bowls of cereal they can eat in a matter of 30 seconds yeah. or whatever. You exactly. Know, it's, <laughs> it's actual educational stuff that I care about. I pick and choose what I'm looking at or seeing or following. Yep. So yeah, I'm I'm glad you, you brought that up a second time and I was gonna I was gonna preach on that. Oh yeah, oh we, we can. We're gonna stay on this soapbox for a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been telling people the same thing. So I went all in. I went all in on LinkedIn twenty nineteen and I, I figured out how to target people. Um, you know, I just became enamored with this idea that I could literally talk to anybody in the world, mm-hmm. no matter what their business, what their title, how big their company is. And bypass all the gatekeepers. Yep. I don't need to talk to nobody to get a meeting with this person. I can just send him a message directly, direct. like direct, and he'll actually see it and respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then I get on a Zoom, you know, with him. Well, and the thing is, too, so like some of these same people will have an Instagram, 
but they're probably having, they, not probably, they have people that are managing their Instagram. Mm-hmm. They're LinkedIn. They're doing that directly. That's correct. They're the ones using that because they're benefiting from it as well. That's I've, right. Because I've talked to so many CEOs uh, through LinkedIn that you're right. They, they will, if you send a message that is well thought out and professional and not salesy, mm-hmm. they're going to respond. Mm-hmm. And one one of the things that I do, because I, I use the podcast and my, and my marketing ploy is, I, I tell the CEO, "Hey, maybe there's opportunity for you to be on the podcast. I'm not. I don't. Yeah. Have a, I don't have a long sales pitch. Mm-hmm. Let's just chat on Zoom and see if there's some synergy there. That's it. And I get a response every single time. Yep. If I send a message saying, "Hey, I own a marketing company and we do this, this, and this, and we want to help you," nine times out of ten, yeah. no response. Yeah, forget about it. Yep, forget it. Because yep. then I'm just another telemarketer that they don't want to deal with. Exactly. Yep. Yep. They sniff the sales pitch. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I did the same thing. I launched a podcast in 2019, got serious on LinkedIn. And since 2019 on LinkedIn, I've been running connection campaigns, Mm -hmm. targeted connection campaigns, connecting with people. So my network now is over 13,000 and I built out. uh, And that's huge on LinkedIn. Yeah. I rather have, I'm I'm not that, I'm not that high. Uh, I think I'm close to 4,000. I think, Mm -hmm. don't quote me on that, Mm -hmm. but I rather have 4,000 connections on LinkedIn than 40,000 followers on Instagram. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yes. And, and you get excited when you get over 30 likes on LinkedIn. That's, oh yeah. That's saying something. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. Especially if you were smart about building your first degree network yep. and you got people in your network that are decision makers and CEOs of large oh, companies yeah. and they're liking your posts. Yeah. That's a big deal. I'll take that over some 17 year old kid living in his mama's basement, you know, like serving ice cream at McDonald's on the yeah, weekend that, that liked my, my business post that he's not, yeah, not exactly. benefiting me whatsoever. No. And God bless the, you know, 17 year old serving ice cream. You know, we need them people in the world too, but, but they're not going to help, help my business. They're not going to help your business. No. no, exactly. The other thing I like about LinkedIn, <laughs> too is how their their networking algorithm works so if someone outside of like your network but me and you are connected if they like or if i like something on theirs you're still going to see yes their page That's which correct. is powerful for them yes and, exactly and, and powerful for you because now you just you you either gained another prospect or another uh, partner or somebody to synergize with yep and uh, i'm not even sure if that's a word but we're going to go with it and um, yep <laughs> but we're just making up words here. yeah we're just gonna make up words <laughs> that's how we want. and uh it's part of marketing yep and um <laughs> And so I love how powerful that algorithm is, that, that it does that. Yes, exactly. I know. Yeah. And and with, with LinkedIn too, like, so LinkedIn is is like the best platform to growth hack yeah. too, which is, again, why I kind of fell in love with it. If you are sick and tired of fighting the algorithms of Facebook and Instagram, right? LinkedIn is still a place where you can, you can, you can, you can like, there, there are tricks. There, oh, yeah. there are tricks and there are hacks. Yeah, um, which we do for our clients, and uh, and we just have some fun. So, yeah. So, so got got into LinkedIn. You know, went all in at that marketing agency. Just figured everything out. And then there was one client that I. That, they were like one of my first clients when I was still working at that agency. Brad Parnell, shout out, steadfast results. Love you, bro. Um, but uh, that one of the first client that I landed in 2019 was a Texas Legends. Um, And I will say this, like when you're out there networking and trying to build your business, I think most entrepreneurs understand this, but every meeting is an opportunity for you to sell. Mm -hmm. Even the ones you get on where they're trying to sell you, if you're good at sales and you can flip the tables and sell them. Oh yeah. You're going to win. Oh yeah. (laughs) Or if you just have them push your product. 
to, to other people. Exactly. Yeah. Like yes. I, maybe maybe you're not the right fit for me, but yeah, I do offer this that your clients might benefit from and make you look good. That's right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I, I don't have any. I don't have any competition to be honest. Yeah. I don't. Everybody becomes my ally. Oh yeah. And I find ways to add value, be a resource, be a connector, and you know, vice versa with people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So so the Texas Legends, Malcolm Farmer. You know, we start working with them and. Um, they're the G League team for the Mavericks, yep. and so work with their sales team. They're still my client to this day, but um, you know we we ran some campaigns for them and built some case studies. And then, but I'll, I'll say this: like if you're launching a business, let me tell you, go and find somebody that you can serve and offer your services to for free. Mm-hmm. Do it and prove the you know prove your results. Build that case. Study. Build that case study. Build yep. that case study and leverage that to get more clients. Then that will pay mm-hmm. you for it. And so I built that case study around sports, uh, you know, professional teams, pro sports teams. And then so word got out and then landed the Bulls organization and the Pacers and then the Nets uh, and then the New Jersey Devils, their mm-hmm. sales team, which that's my hockey team since I was a kid. Love the Devils. So I got to work with them um, and then just kind of like work my way around the industry. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so January 2020, then launched my agency. And we were focused on just really doing LinkedIn campaigns for B2B right. brands. Um, but since then, we've developed a methodology and a philosophy for, we would call it top funnel lead generation growth hacking. Right. That is rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. So now I'm in a position where I tell people, you tell me your product or service in your ideal market anywhere in the world, and I will find them. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Liam Neeson. I will find, I will you, find you and I will sell to you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Took the words out of my yeah. mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we and we do not not near on the, the level that you guys do, because I've seen y'all's work. Um, you know, we do prospect lists. Mm-hmm. We do offer prospect lists, and it comes from from scrubbing LinkedIn or Google and such. But what mm-hmm. you guys do is just so in depth. Like if I can't take the data that you guys provide and build a successful business, I don't need to own a business. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely worth it's, totally. it's weight in gold. Yeah. You got it. And I've seen your stuff too, man. I mean, you guys are legit in what you're doing. I appreciate you know? that. Yeah, we, but we did what you said, you know, I, I, I literally went up to a couple of people. I mean, when I started the podcast, mm-hmm. we were giving away websites. We were doing drawings. That's how we built the mm. Instagram. So my, my Instagram built very quickly. Hmm. And what I was doing at the beginning was brand awareness is number one. Mm-hmm. And what we were doing was um, like drawings, like, hey, if, you know, like this post, share this post, you know, typical tags, three people, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we'll build you a, a free website as, as yeah. an entrepreneur or we'll revamp your website or it's crazy. We'll do. Um, I had one person that won that got a whole free user design process, which for those that don't know, that's a very expensive process. Um, and then we did com- her complete branding. So uh, style guide, business cards, logo, which yeah. I mean, very expensive stuff. Totally. So we did that a couple of times and people started seeing our work and we're like, okay, this guy, go. this guy, you know, he's, he's, he's good. He's good. He's, he's on the level that we, you know, we may need to be. And then that's when we, we landed like our first customer, which I always I talk about our client, which is uplift, which is a major mm-hmm. charter school program in Texas. Yep. And then we started landing, um, you know, people like on your mark and, and then getting, uh, other major schools and, and businesses call us and say, Hey, we bid on this project. We you do this. We see your work. We love it. Yep. And it, and it was all from, 
from doing exactly what you just said to do. Yep. So it, it works. I yeah. Mean, oh yeah. <laughs> it works. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You, you, you prove it. You proved your, your value, yep. right? You prove your value and people pay that, you yeah. know, there's gotta be a value exchange. But, um, but yeah, so, so then I took, I took what I learned how to do on LinkedIn and I built another business, which is the other thing that I spend. I split my time. Um, if I would say fairly evenly between the, the two businesses, but, um, I, I started a business in private capital. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, essentially what I did there was, and it was funny. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell this story. I, I, last summer I was getting ready to go to Dubai and, during the summer, it's my time to travel usually, mm-hmm. and I'm wanting to be strategic with my time. And so, again, knowing LinkedIn and knowing that I can target anybody, um, and I, I I got a crash course on private capital from uh, you know uh, a, a previous guest on our podcast that we had in 2019. And so I had to learn a lot. I learned a lot about the industry, about funding, about capital raise, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, how the industry is structured and how to position myself and my services. And so I was getting ready to go to Dubai. Here's what I did. I set up, I built a list of a thousand people in, in UAE, uh, specifically Dubai and Abu Dhabi um, that were in uh, investment. You know, the, 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 the two categories on sales navigator, we'd be like, we would be like, you know, capital markets investment banking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I built that list. I set up a messaging campaign, essentially said, Hey, I'm going to be out in your area traveling, looking to build out, you know, my investor partners for us to fund deals, something like that. Yeah. And dude, you wouldn't believe it. Like, you know, uh, I filled my calendar two weeks before I even went to Dubai and I'm hitting up people that are family offices, Royal, Royal families, PE groups, investors, like, all of this stuff mm-hmm. in Dubai. I don't know anybody in Dubai, nope. you know, but they accepted the message and I had coffee and lunches with people and flew out there. And, and some of them, you know, I became very close with one of them Wasim. Uh, shout out to Wasim. You're probably going to listen to this, but <laughs> Wasim's become one of my best friends and we become very close partners. And he's got 20 years experience in like family offices and real estate in the region. And um, so, so that's the other business I, I did. And so now I'm working with clients to help them on their cap raise mm-hmm. work with a lot of startups that are doing, you know, look, seeking angel investment or seed, you know, seed series, a B capital mm-hmm. and stuff. And then some like infrastructure type projects that are fun, like 500 million plus uh, billion plus. Uh, that's, that's cool. That's, a unique, that's exciting. That's a unique animal. Yeah. That's I was, exciting. Yeah. I was on a call earlier today and, and we were, you know, talking this air private airport that's going up. Can't tell you where I'd have to, I'd have to. Well, I can't say that on the show. <laughs> I, mean, I, I got, proof, I got proof if I disappear. That's right, exactly. <laughs> no, wait, when you when you start getting into numbers like that, it's 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 surreal. It's it's exciting, yeah. but it's it's almost like a. Um, I don't want to. I mean, it is. It's a it's a reality that you just made it to a whole nother level, and it's just um, a reminder of, of the success that you have. Yeah, well, that's it. Exciting. Like, you probably like me. I I constantly want to be in rooms where I'm the dumbest guy. Yeah. Like if, if I'm in a room and I feel uncomfortable, great. I'm in the right place. Well, <laughs> and here, here's a humbling thing that I, you know, that I, I, I tell, cause people are like, Oh, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. But here's my thing on that. If you think you're the smartest person in the room, I think you're probably the biggest asshole because there chances you are you're never going to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. You got to be humble enough to realize that there's somebody in that room yes. that's going to know something more about something. It could be cigar smoking. It could be smoking weed. I don't care. There's going to be something in that that person has that they know more that they can educate you on. That's right. And when you humble yourself and just listen to all groups of people and all levels of people, 
the the learning curve is is exponential all the time. Yeah, that's exactly so, right. So I'm glad you brought that up because I, I never I tell yeah. people I was like never never think that I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Well, it's really not possible. Right. It's it's not about that. You've 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 reframed you've reframed the, the you know the analogy. You're right. It's not about being smart. It's about being humble. Yep. And I you know humble, hungry, and smart. You can learn from anybody. You know, it's like H three leadership. It's a book. Go get it and read it. Humble, yep. hungry, and smart. And, and I would say, you know, for those people, you're in the room, if you're in the room and you really are the dumbest person in the room and yeah. you don't know how to, how to, you know, network and build relationships, yeah. you, you probably shouldn't be in that room. Right. You, yeah, you, you probably been, shouldn't have been invited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got in somewhere like, yeah, you, yeah, you didn't pay for that ticket. You didn't get invited. Yeah. But, it, but if you can be in those rooms, like you said, it, but you have something that you specialize in, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not, I might not be an Albert Einstein with a high IQ, but I've got something that I know I'm yeah. really good at. And I can use that as leverage and value, exactly. You know, in a value exchange. Yeah, and I'm, I'm the same way with marketing strategy. Like, yep. I mean, there's so much. I can't. I physically cannot build a website. Mm-hmm. I just can't. Yeah, I, me I, neither. I, I don't know how. <laughs> but I've surrounded myself and my team and partners that that kill it. They yes. they can build you the most beautiful, amazing website that you would ever see. Yep. But again, when we have those conversations. They're always going to be smarter than me mm-hmm. in that piece. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. Totally. And I'm humble with that. Mm-hmm. But I believe that's what has set me up for success is being okay with surrounding people that are going to be smarter than me in those in those aspects. But mm-hmm. utilizing it and leveraging it to build a business and networking them together for success. That's it. Yeah, exactly. So. That's right. Yeah. It's less about me. It's more about the team. Exactly. And that's, and that's, that's the value that you bring yes. in being able to bring that a, you know, a, a all that all-star team together, yeah, bring those people together, yes. build that synergy, that relationship and, and, and let them, let them do what they want to do. Yeah. And I, I, I do not micromanage at all. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't see a Same. need in it. If I have to micromanage you, then I shouldn't have hired you. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. It's an issue of trust. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. So, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so back to, so you got your, your private equity going, mm-hmm. uh, you got your growth hacking going. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously mm-hmm. your time is split between kids and mm-hmm. those two businesses and, yeah. uh, you're doing great. So what's yeah. kind of the next step here? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you that I got a couple of things that I'm, I'm really excited about. I'm, I'm really excited about both my businesses. We can help you on the marketing side, lead mm-hmm. generation. If you need a website, talk to Will. If you need, if you need help, like optimizing your, your outbound campaigns and getting your salespeople more qualified leads and appointments, I can definitely help. We should talk. Um, if you're a startup and you know, it could be pre-revenue or you have existing revenue and you're looking to bring on investors, I can help you. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a real estate project, you're looking for funding, I can help you. Um, but the other thing that I'm really excited about is this uh, this tech startup that I'm consulting with. I'm leading global expansion for them. Okay, uh, It's called Home AR. And I got to talk about Home AR and Jonathan Patton and Kay uh, Hiramini. Those two guys love them. Jonathan's like a brother to me. And I met him through LinkedIn. There's the commonality. Of course you did. Oh, dude, 90%. <laughs> yeah. 90% of my relationships have all come from LinkedIn. Yeah. And inevitably, you know, some of them become my best friends, like a couple that I've named already in this episode. But Jonathan and I, we started working together. Home AR was a client on the marketing side. And it's augmented reality for real estate. Yeah. Okay. So it's a tech startup out of... Out of New Zealand, Trivium Global, Trivium Capital is uh, is the lead investor in the tech, and they've got exclusivity for for the technology outside of New Zealand. And so, me and Jonathan, we come closer and we start working together. So, I'm leading uh, global expansion for them. And dude, it's it's wild. Um, I there are very few like 
products or services or tech companies I've seen that have like, like the market adoption for this technology, like mm-hmm. it, it wants it, like it wants it. So I've talked to people in, you know, Colombia, Argentina, Peru, Greece, Italy, Portugal, Spain, um, uh, India. Uh, these are people that I'm talking to today. I talked to somebody in Mexico city, a number of people in Mexico, mm-hmm. all about the technology. And again, knowing LinkedIn, what did I do? I built a list, right? <laughs> search parameters, luxury real estate. And I'm, we're just, we're crushing it right now, signing people on. So I'll tell you a little bit about it. Um, in a nutshell, but it's it's essentially we take any floor plan, whether it's a custom home, it's a commercial property, it's multifamily, it doesn't matter. We can turn that into an augmented reality, high quality walkthrough experience. Oh, nice. Okay. So download the app on your phone or your tablet. It's Home AR, and you can just hold it up. There's no no goggles, anything like that. It's AR, not VR. So what AR gives you is that spatial awareness of the the whole house comes to it's life. The actual layout. It's the actual layout. You see the tables, you see the chairs, you oh, see wow. the doorknobs. We can actually superimpose views on the windows. So what does it look like to lay in a bed in your beachfront property in Oman and look out the at window five o'clock. at five o'clock in the morning? Yeah, we can put those views outside the windows and you can see what it looks like as you're moving through the space. Oh, that's powerful. So it's super cool tech. COVID shut down travel. You still got buyers and sellers of international properties and yeah. stuff, you know, high value properties. And so now they can walk through from anywhere in the world. So are they just doing international uh, properties or doing uh, just all real estate? Any any real estate. Okay. Any real estate. Custom home. We're working with home bureau this year in the U.S., but anything internationally. We can That's do really the, cool. We can do the units or we can do the entire building. Yeah. So you can walk into the lobby. You can see the elevators. Like... Yeah, it's freaking awesome. Well, and that'll that'll help people, you know, when they're buying their furniture and being sure it fits. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how that's how I got these chairs. Somebody actually bought them before they fit them in. Oh yeah, and okay. Like, hey, I got to get rid of these. They don't fit my office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, I I love uh, I love tech startups. Mm, love, I do, oh, I do too. Yeah, there's Obsessed. a we're we're partnered with a, a tech company out of Calgary um, called Evolve Metrics. Yeah, and they are a CRM company. Which, yeah. um, for, you know, new entrepreneurs, CRM is powerful and, uh, they're, they're yep. inexpensive. The quality is great, but I love their whole like slogan. So their, their whole deal is you can do anything in a CRM with them with three clicks or less. Yeah. Which there if anybody go. knows a CRM, that's oh, powerful because yeah. like, you get some of these CRMs that are massive. Like 30 clicks. 30 clicks, just trying to put somebody's name in, you know, a contact. Yes. So. It's um, ridiculous. But yeah. So, but watching their growth as a tech startup, because it's a, I mean, yep. everything's saturated now. Yes. But, you know, tech is really, there's a lot of, a lot of tech and there's mm-hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of CRM companies, you know, there's HubSpot, there's. Uh, Salesforce, there's Sugar, Pardot, Marketo. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, we go on and on and on, oh, yeah. and all these CRMs. So what they've done is, you know, they literally went through the mindset of a salesman, going, "What's the pain point? Time. Yes, you need your sales guys out there selling, not spending all day putting data in a CRM. Yes. So and that's and so then they they developed the whole you know three clicks or less system and it, mm. and it's powerful. That's uh, smart. Yep. It yeah. worked really well. So. Yeah. If you're a business owner, and you don't have a CRM. You need a CRM. You do need a CRM. Um, you need a place to put your contacts and run your business. Yeah. Because if yeah. you're just writing them down on notebook paper, it's eventually going to get lost it, it or it's, it's going to take your time. It's going to take up a lot of time trying to search for it. Yep. Um, so, and that's, and that's yep. why I like some of these, um, new apps instead of carrying business cards, some of these new yes. apps that automatically upload to someone's yep. phone from a QR code. Exactly. So again, cause I, 
I lose business cards. Same. I know. I, people hand it to me and I just take a picture. I have to. <laughs> like, yeah, you can keep it. <laughs> yeah, you can keep the business card. I'm going to take a picture because if I hold on to this, I promise it's going to get lost. Exactly. Yeah, you can save the trees. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> print, print, hashtag print less. Yeah, exactly. Or spend less because I've seen some people with like metal business cards. And I'm like, geez, how much yeah, does this seriously? cost? Seriously. Yeah, that's right. Like, it's a weapon. <laughs> it is a weapon. Which um, could come in handy. You know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's depending true. on what but part, you can, of, you what part your, of Dallas you're walking around in. That's right. You can throw your phone at people too. Yeah. Yeah. So are y'all. Um, when you're doing some of these prospecting lists on, on LinkedIn and, and stuff, are y'all doing it from a, like a sales navigator uh, type deal? Yeah, like not to go not to yep. go too far in depth. No, it's all good. Yeah, yep. There, I mean, look, you can Google it, and there's a lot of tools out there. Okay, yeah. let me just give you my favorite tech stack. Okay, so uh, process for list building. I'm going to go to yeah, Sales Navigator. We'll use Sales Navigator. We'll use Apollo. Mm-hmm. Apollo dot. I think it's Apollo dot AI. Um, it's one of my favorite list building tools, scraping tools. Um, aside from that Lemlist, uh, I've been using Lemlist for a couple of years, uh, L E M L I S T.com. Uh, it's email. It's an email sending platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so it allows you to do some really cool personalization on emails for LinkedIn, um, growth hacking platforms. We can get you a license. We branded ours lead storm. Mm-hmm. So you can come and I can get you one. This is how technology works. Yep. Like I've got a, a, an agreement with uh, the tech company and we oh, can give you, we mean you talked about that on the oh, golf yep. course. Yep. We can, yep. We can give you a license cheaper than you can get from them. So come to us on, on, if you need like an automation platform for LinkedIn, we got you. Um, it will growth hack from there, but, um, it's pretty simple. Um, you can use seamless.ai, which is mm-hmm. another good list building software. Stay away from some of the bigger ones. You don't really need them. Um, but I'll give you a really good tip. Uh, you could go way down the rabbit hole with this, this piece of software, mm-hmm. phantombuster.com. Uh, just like it sounds phantombuster.com. You can automate anything on the internet using that platform. Okay. It's wild. Um, and then the other one I think is called Texau, T-E-X-A-U, uh, I think dot app. Yep. It's dot app. That's a good one. And then, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's essentially our, our tech stack for, for list building and running campaigns. We'll use some email validation tools and stuff like that. But I mean, that's, that's essentially it. Um, I could talk, anybody who wants to know more about LinkedIn, man, I could tell you how to position your profile, you know, for the right outreach campaign, creativity so and copy. Much, and, so much to LinkedIn on your profile. Yeah, yeah. there really is. I'm, I'm curious because you, you have a lot more uh, connections and followers than I do. <clears throat> on your analytics, how many people visit your page a day? Yeah, I'll actually go and I'll look at it right now um, and just check what my stats are. We've been we've been really focused the past month on creating and posting higher quality content on my LinkedIn. Yep. And so I'm I'm seeing, you know, personal bests from that performance. So our, my content performance over the last seven days, we've had about 8,000 impressions. Mm-hmm. It's organic. Yeah. Yeah, it's organic. 355 people have engaged with my content over the past seven days um, on LinkedIn. And then people who view my profile, it usually hovers between 1,500 to 2,000 people mm-hmm. um, who view my profile. And I pay for LinkedIn premium, yep. get it, because then I can see who's looking at my profile. Yeah. Which is always interesting. Which is not, I mean, it's not too expensive. I think what their lowest one is like 20 bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, worth it. Yeah. Because yeah. then you can do the end messages to the people you want to get in touch with. You can do email. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And then search appearances. That's the other one that I'm really working on. Keywords. Because LinkedIn has its own SEO too. Right. So depending on what type of content you're writing and posting and, and the content in your bio, that's going to help your profile rank. So when people go and search, like if I, I've, I've appeared in 362 search appearances in the last week. Right. Think about that from a Google standpoint. Like people are going and looking and they're finding my name and they're finding me for, you know, business strategist, uh, founder, 
um, you know, growth hacker are some common terms, marketing, growth marketing. Those are common terms we're finding me for. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's good, man. It's the bomb. Um, fill out, you, you can, and most people don't know this, know this, but you can add sections on your LinkedIn profile. Yep. So click on that add section and add the featured section. Um, you can add links all throughout your experience on your LinkedIn profile. And the best way to think about your LinkedIn profile is to, is to treat it like a landing page. Right. So when people go there, you got to tell them who you are, what you do, why you're important, your offer. And then I can, that I can trust you, which is social proof. Mm-hmm. So don't put in your LinkedIn headline salesperson, yeah. business development. They're not going to, you know, respond. no, they're not going to respond. You got to put something of value, a, a value statement in your LinkedIn headline. Um, and then mine, just for fun, I have dude, bro, as my pronouns. I think, yeah, <laughs> I they, they added the whole pronoun. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's, 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 like, I'm a dude, bro. <laughs> I took, I took, a, my numbers are definitely not that high, but I took a screenshot. I had a uh, 985 views mm-hmm. last week, which I was, I was proud of because like, I've really yeah. just recently gone all in on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's like, good. Like less, probably less than a year ago. So it's still, like you said, it's learning those things that you were just talking about and, yeah. and how um, how serious it is just from your profile, the words that you have and, and I use. Yep. Um, I actually had some help on mine. Uh, voracious serial entrepreneur is underneath my name. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. it's like when, right. when somebody, you know, when I message somebody, people are like, you know, what? And then I don't have yeah. a tip. I don't have your typical LinkedIn picture. Right. Because majority of LinkedIn pictures is, you know, up close, professional shot in a right. suit or professional dress. You know, right. I'm, I'm, I'm in, you know, a t-shirt, jeans and a hat with a yeah. podcasting mic. You you're, know? you're balling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are like, whoa, what, who's this guy? Let me check him out. So, you know, exactly. And, but all that, all that was a, a strategy that I learned Right. that was like, Hey, you know, set yourself apart. Definitely don't look like a salesman because exactly. people are not going to, not they're not even going to read your messages. No, they're not at all. No. And I get those all the time. You know, those, those spam messages on LinkedIn, which, you know, if you're going to do, that's another thing. And I, and I talked about this before. If you're going to do prospecting and send messages on LinkedIn, review the person's profile before you send the message. Right. I get messages all the time. Hey, we can build you a website. Hey, we can do your SEO. Hey, yeah. we can do your graphic design. I'm like, did you not read yeah. my profile and know that I have a company that does Right, that? exactly. Yeah. So why are you sending me this? <laughs> so then I, I literally have a templated message that uh, uh-huh. I'm going to read it to you. Because people, people, I think people should do this too. Another thing is, I, I think is a, a good thing is to always, always reply. I feel mm-hmm. like that's, I feel like that's important. Common courtesy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is what I, I have this copy and paste in my notes and I'll, I'll send this as soon as I know it's like a sales pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for the connection, but we're not looking to change our strategy at this time, but we appreciate you reaching out. There you go. And that's what I send it out yeah. and, I get, and I get left alone. That's good. So, yeah, because you got to put yourself on the salesman side, too. Oh, sure. It sucks. Yeah, it does suck. It does suck. <laughs> like yeah. being in, in limbo, wondering, like, did they get my message? Did they read it? Are they going to respond? Yeah. You know, yep. so I always try to show grace as much as possible. Unless yeah. they catch me at the wrong time, you know, yeah. telemarketer like or you <laughs> just send something really dumb. <laughs> right. Right. Then I'm just like, I'm not I'm not I'm not <laughs> responding to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what you said like that. So that's that's like that's my zone of genius. That's the problem that I've solved. 
and honed in. It's people that are sending those messages and they're hitting up the wrong people. They have no strategy. No, no. There's no strategy behind your outreach. Like you saw you a guy with a bunch of connections that's and you're it. like, boom. Bingo. Yeah. Or are you going to hit up everybody that has a title CEO? Yeah. Like, dude, no, you need a better strategy than that. So oh, yeah. if you're going to get into LinkedIn and you're going to try and do this thing for real, like you got to have a strategy behind it. Yeah. And you have to know who you're talking to. You have to know what they're, what they do. Yes. Because at the end of the day, you're just going to piss them off. Yeah. And it, this world is a lot smaller than people think it is. Yep. And they're going to talk about you to other people. My God, I got this guy that won't yeah. leave me alone on LinkedIn. Oh, I know that guy. He sent me the message too. I'm not going right. to use him. Oh, so. he spammed me. Yeah. Yeah. He spammed me <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. He spammed me too. Yeah. And, th- and you never want to be on that list. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't. So, <laughs> yeah. Know. Well, I want to, I want to touch on two things that I, I hope can encourage entrepreneurs and people that are listening to this before we, we, we dip. Please do. One thing. For those of you that have built something and then saw it burn to the ground or you lost everything, let me tell you something. What can come down the road can be greater than anything you've ever experienced in your previous endeavor or your mm-hmm. previous you know, mission. Okay. When I built my nonprofit and we were rescuing orphans off the streets of India and helping, you know, pastors and church leaders in the jungles. I mean, I thought this is the best of, how could it possibly get any better? Yeah. You know, I literally, it was so fulfilling and it brought me so much joy and satisfaction. And I, and, and when I lost that, I, I really struggled and I thought it's never, I'm never going to get back there, but where I am now, well, I, I love waking up and doing what I do. I love yeah. what I do. And it was all because I stuck it out. God is good. If you trust the process and try to build relationships with people that are five steps ahead of you, yep. you will get to a place where you will be happy, you will be excited, you'll feel fulfillment and joy because of what you're because of what you're doing. And that's the way I feel. So don't give up. Keep going. You've got there's always something greater that can happen down your life if you just stick it out. Right. And one thing I want to throw in there too for people to understand, because it's this is very true. Uh, <clears throat> jealousy does not belong in the entrepreneurial world. Correct. When you said that about, you know, relationships with people that are five steps ahead, be yes. humble enough to be excited for them. Yes. Because your time's coming. That's right. Maybe in two years, maybe in 10 years. But yes. if you're consistent and you're humble and you're not jealous of the people around you's success, I totally. promise you that success is going to hit you too. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. I, I agree. You know, and the fact that we're sitting here is is testament to that. We're both yeah. in marketing. We could have been like, man, I'm not coming on your podcast. Yeah, not, yeah we're your competition, yeah, man. We're, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, but but no, I mean, I know what you do, and you know what I do, and I value the relationship more than the business. Yeah, you know, and and you just seek to you know to do business and do life with people that you really enjoy and have similar values with, and you know. It, I mean, it'll come back around. Yeah, and we even we even had the opportunity to discuss some white labeling opportunities for stuff that you do and that I do that we don't cross over. Yeah. So I mean, it's I mean exactly. There's there's enough pieces of pie out there for everybody. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That zero sum mentality. Forget about it. Yeah. There there's so much out there. You can you can handle all the business if you if you could you know even Amazon companies as big as Amazon. There's still market share that they don't have. Exactly. And they're like what? And and they'll never get it. And they'll never get it. Exactly. So there's always room for more at the table. Yeah. Um. The other thing I'll touch on, and I, I I think it's important that we continue in the entrepreneur and the business owner space to 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 and. I'll say this, but I think, I think we have to be tactful, but, um, are we good? Yeah. Still recording. Okay. Take in your personal life, take care, take care of yourself, find time to be real with people, 
And, you know, for me, you know, I mean, I've gone through a lot personally, you know, like a couple divorces and, and my, you know, there are things that I experienced in my personal life that I, man, it's going to ruin me. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. but, but, um, it, it, again, just like that, it can get better too. And so, you know, fast forward today, where am I at today, man, I've got the most incredible girlfriend in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to get married and she is awesome and kids are awesome yeah. and they're loving life. And me as a dad, I couldn't be happier. So, um, you know, keep going. Yeah. Just keep going. Well, man, I, I appreciate you being on. If people want to get in touch with you, uh, go ahead and, you know, list out that contact information again. So people know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, our websites, uh, I hope it's fairly simple to remember unleashstormbreaker.com, mm-hmm. unleashstormbreaker.com. Um, Matt Kretzman, you can hit me up on LinkedIn. That's probably the one place I'm gonna tell you to go mm-hmm. find me on LinkedIn and, um, send, send me a DM there and, uh, we'd be happy to chat, fill out the contact form. It'll come to me too, either one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm here to help here to serve. Well, man, I definitely appreciate it. It's always a, a pleasure, uh, being able to chat with you and learn yeah. from you. And we'll definitely have to go play some golf again. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I'll play a lot better than last time, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, and, and thank you everybody for listening, uh, for other episodes of the podcast too. You can check out the hustle marketing and design.com. Uh, be sure to also leave a review and subscribe. And again, thank you for your support. Have a good day. Peace out.